Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Conversations with Tia Diemo. She's Emily Kimani. She is a she's the VP Operations and Finance at the University of Alberta Student Union, and she joins us to to take some questions. Hello, Emily. How are Hello. you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Emily. One of the first questions I asked you before was, how did you become VP Operations and Finance at the mainstream student union body? Well done. Yeah. Um, so I just a little bit of background um, about myself. Um, so I'm currently in my fifth year at the University of Alberta, um, and I am a immunology and infection student. So during my first and second year, I wasn't very much involved in my, you know, in the university community. I just went to class, went home, tried to get the grades, you know how it is. Um, and it wasn't until my um, second slash third year, I got involved um, with the SU, so the, the students union. So I was just volunteering here and there for different events. Um, and then I met the, um, the VP operations and finance who was before me. Um, and, you know, we formed a friendship and through that, I got involved in the Students Council as a science counselor. Um, and then after that, I ran for Vice President Operations and Finance, um, and I won, and here I am. So that's just a little bit of how I got involved. I'm really proud of you, Emily. Like, are you also a part of the, the, the Black Student Union group or... No, so I'm not, um, I don't hold a position there, no, but I know, um, I know a few people there and um, yeah, they're, they're wonderful people. Do you guys work collaboratively or against each other? Yeah, so we definitely work. <laughs> we work collaboratively. Um, so the way, you know, our students union is kind of um, structured is you have like the students union and then under kind of under that you have different um, associations and faculty associations. So the Black um, the Black Students Association is under that. Um, so as I said, I am actually great friends with um, the, the current president right now. And I know some of the other members of the executive and, you know, we have conversations and we're very friendly with each other. So it's very collaborative, you know, especially for my end, um, being a, a fellow Black student as well. Absolutely. Emily, you are a fifth year student in the Faculty of Science and you specialize in, I'm going to try to pronounce the word, immunology and infection. How yeah. do you combine that with politics? Yeah, you know, I actually get this question a lot um, because usually people um, who do go into the operations and finance role, they, you know, they're business students or like economic students. Um, so, and that was a really big barrier for me, I think, you know, when I was deciding to run for that role, um, I was like, I'm not a business student. I am very much opposite from that. And so, you know, how am I qualified for this role? Um, but the biggest reason why I actually ran for that role is because there's such a lack of diversity and inclusivity, especially within the VP operations and finance role. It's typically held by um, white men, you know? And last year, as I said, my predecessor, um, she was a female. So she was one of five females to have that 
position. And so now oh, I'm wow. mixed and I'm actually the first woman of color, let alone first black woman to ever hold that position. Um, and so that diversity inclusivity was a really huge driving factor to why I ran for that position. And, you know, I knew I could learn how to read budgets and how to figure out all the money things like those things can be learned. And I have learned them after a year. Um, but that diversity and inclusivity was one of the driving factors and why I think um, I, I ran for that position. Oh, wow. You're blowing my mind right now, Emily. (laughs) The first Black, you know, I knew we're onto something. And several things also about you. The last time I interviewed someone from University of Alberta, they were just, they were not like you. They were like, I was wasting their time. So I really appreciate your candor. We were communicating via email, your maturity. And I can see why you want, I can see why you'll do well. Emily, are you going to do politics when you leave school? That is a great question. So um, interestingly enough, I actually just ran for president um, of the students union. Unfortunately, I didn't win. Um, But you know, even with that, I have learned so much. um, And you know, putting my name out there and stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't say that student politics is, you know, comparable (laughs) to, you know, the actual political world. Um, But, you know, we'll see, I'm going to keep my options open. And if that if that is a door that is open to me, why not go in and take in those opportunities. But right now, I'm just focused on graduating next year. And then we'll we'll kind of see what happens next. Okay, no, but it's a brilliant platform everywhere you go that you can put this on your resume already, I'm sure would will do you justice in no small way. I want you to tell me what you see on a daily basis. You are the first Black woman, VP operations and finance. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to think back when I first started this role. So usually our terms start in May and end in May. So my term is actually ending in a few weeks. Um, So when I first started in May of 2021, um, I I didn't know what to expect because I had never been in this type of role. Um, And, you know, I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to say that a lot of students know who we are, but, you know, it is a a publicized kind of role. Um, And so, you know, being a woman of color, I was very nervous as to the kind of response that I would get from students and faculty and even like the staff that we work with day by day. Um, But I was very pleasantly surprised of how um, safe I I felt in that space. Um, and it it kind of allowed me to embrace more of my identity. And a big part of I, my identity for me is my hair. Um, so it wasn't until this year that I started wearing my hair in an afro and, you know, started experimenting, like even with my hair right now, I've never done this color before. And so this platform has really allowed me to embrace those part of, 
part of myself and really lean into my identity, um, something that I have never really had the opportunity to do in my university career. So um, that's kind of what my day to day is like. And, you know, there's obviously challenges, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, not feeling worthy enough or qualified enough. But, um, you know, I have to remind myself at the end of the day, like, why did I choose to run? You know, I chose to run so more students can look at me and be like, yes, I can see myself there and I can run too. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Emily, well said. Well said. You just said my term ends in two weeks. What happens yes. then? Did you... Yeah, so in about like two-ish, three-ish weeks there. Um, and after that, you know, as I said, I'm, I have one more year until I graduate. So it's just time to go back to being a full-time student, which I think will be kind of weird. Um, you know, it will be an interesting transition for me. But yeah, that's what's next, you know. Um, and whatever opportunities or open doors come along with next year, I am willing, you know, to embrace those opportunities. But graduation is number one my number one priority right now all right so who's taking over from you is it a white man a black girl yeah it's a woman of color so oh, that, well done. that's really great yeah okay so what um how does your council help students of color um mm. yeah yeah, so um, this year, our council, so we have so we have the five executives, so the president and then the four vice presidents. And then under that, we have a council. So and our council is kind of it acts like our boss. It holds us accountable. And this year, actually, it, it is quite diverse in terms of having more women and having more women of color specifically. Um, and it's really nice to see that, especially um, at, at this level. So I'm hoping that you know that carries on we continue to see that trend um all of the new um the new incoming team for this year the new executives are all people of color you know there's two black people on the team and um, there's three women of color on the team so we're we're seeing more diversity more inclusivity um and i'm hoping that trend continues to increase i mean i think it would be amazing if we have an all black team i think that would be like so amazing so fingers crossed oh hopefully my god one day. yes I, I heard that the team that's coming on is BIPOC and that's exciting how proud are you of that that like I I don't know if I can even put to words because I I think you know I'll I'll realize the the weight of it once I'm out of this role and once I'm a student again and you know th that team is my executive you know and I can see and and it's just it's an amazing feeling to know that um that maybe you know maybe I contributed to the fact that another black woman or another woman of color wanted to run you know not saying that I did just saying you know if if potentially that was the case that's amazing but it's it's a great feeling to be part of like this legacy of women of color and black women, you know, taking that leap of faith and, and really putting themselves out there. So it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. Oh, when you look back on last year, Emily, can you count your achievements? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back. Yeah. I think so. One of my main achievements and something that I'm very, very proud of is the fact that we celebrated um, and recognized Black History Month for the very first time at oh, the really? Student Union. Um, yeah, and so the university actually did it last year. 
but the students union never did anything. And when I was running, that was one of my biggest things. And so we we really made sure we had um, a speaker series, we had a spotlight series, and then we established a new award, um, which I'm so proud of. It's called the um, Violet King Award for Black Student Leadership and Community Involvement. Um, and Violet King, if you aren't familiar, um, she's oh, King. I know her. Yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Let's let's hear from you. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> um, tell so us about she, Ella King. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she did a lot of amazing, a lot of amazing work. She's a U, uh, University of Alberta um, alumni, and she was one of the um, first Black executives at the SU as well. So she has an amazing legacy. And when I was thinking about how we can, you know, celebrate and highlight Black excellence and how we can celebrate black students I just thought of Violet King and you know and why not celebrate black student leadership and involvement and really um encourage that within our community so that that honestly has to be one of my um I have to say today's a today's a very beautiful day for me that I've met you all the things you're saying is just you know <laughs> So cool. So thank you for your honesty. Now you had a 10 million budget, $10 million budget as um, vice president operations and finance. How were you able to keep inclusion and equity um, in the minds of people and in your mind as you worked around that budget last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way it kind of works with our budget. So it's the previous team makes the budget for the new upcoming team. So last year's team created our budget. And so we had to use that. Um, so then I was in charge this year of creating the budget for next year's team. And in that process, I definitely kept um, inclusion and diversity at top of mind. Um, so we've actually allocated resources to be used towards promoting um, EDI and inclusion, diversity, things like that. Um, so, you know, I can't say too much about what last year's team kind of thought about the budget, but when I was creating it this year, that was definitely top of mind. Now that's a lot of money, $10 million. Did you have university oversight with that? Is there like a department that monitors what a student union does, some professor who makes sure you guys stay in line? So um, the students union and the university are like two very separate entities. Um, okay. But within the students union, you know, we have like a finance manager, we have a general manager, we have a, a whole accounting department. So there's definitely checks and balances um, to ensure, you know, that we are being transparent with our money um, because, you know, some of it is uh, student, um, student student money at the end of the day. So we want to make sure that we are being transparent and very responsible with that. Um, so yeah, we definitely have checks and balances as well. Okay, let's go back to diversity and inclusion. I think I kind of missed how that played out or how you on your platform were able to incorporate that maybe on a daily, on a weekly on a weekly basis. When you look back, maybe could you tell us stories about how that played out and the decisions you made? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, is, um, I forget kind of what the saying goes, but like your your experience is, is valid, you know? And for me, it was just using my experiences as a marginalized student um, and bringing those to the table when we're making those decisions, when we're having those conversations. Um, and sometimes it is very daunting um, and, you know, intimidating 
to share your experiences and to be very honest, you know, as a Black woman, this is how I felt as a student. This is how I know that some of my community members feel. Um, and so, you know, being in this role, I felt like it was part of my responsibility to highlight those issues and to highlight those voices because you, not everybody is going to be given the same opportunity at the end of the day. And so it's important to recognize that, acknowledge that, and use your platform to highlight those voices. Thank you. How supportive was the University of your Council? Mm -hmm. So as I said before, the University and the Students Union are very separate entities, um, but they're there's definitely ways that we use our um, advocacy in order to advocate to the university for certain things. Um, so that's kind of the way that that relationship works at the end of the day. Um, you know, like we're here to represent students and part of that is advocating to the university, making sure that the university um, hears the voice of students and, you know, things like that. I'm just curious, what sort of issues do you advocate on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a big one this year was um, tuition increases. Mm. Um, another one was, um, you know, uh, COVID coming back and ensuring like a safe campus. Um, equity and diversity is always a big one. Another issue was sexual violence on our campus and addressing that. Mm. Um, so yeah, so th those are some of the issues that came up this year. I want you, thank you very much. I just thought we'll try that. Um, I'll ask you about that. So what is it like being a student in 2022? What are the challenges? I hear uh, um, sexual violence. I hear uh, tuition increase. And that is a big, big deal. But as a community, how, um, how do you tackle these problems for students other than advocating? Because these are real big issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, acknowledging that students have not had a regular um, campus experience in over two years now. Um, and that community and those community supports are like non-existent now. They are just not there. And we need to be able to rework that. And I think when we're coming back to campus next fall, um, that has to be a major focus. Um, because at the end of the day, when we're when students are facing all of these issues, you know, you need to lean on people. You need to lean on your community. And if you don't have a community to lean on, well, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. Like, what are you going to do in that situation? So mm -hmm. I think moving, moving on to next year, there needs to be a big emphasis on community rebuilding and ensuring that students have those community supports that they've always had in the past. What is your ideal, what would the ideal university look like? What would mm -hmm. be ideal? That's a, I've never been asked this question before, actually. Hmm. You know, I think, I think it would be great to graduate and not having, you know, um, tons of debt. <laughs> Students have tons of debt now when um, when they're graduating because university is just unaffordable, you know. Um, it would also be great to have access to jobs right after graduation. It would be wonderful to feel safe on campus, um, whether, you know, you're walking home late at night or just in your classroom. Like, you need to be safe if you're paying for this education. Um, and it would be wonderful to have equal access to all opportunities because, 
you know, let's face it, some students have more opportunities than others. And, you know, it's not even about having like the actual, the number of opportunities. It's about how accessible those opportunities are. And those opportunities are more accessible to certain students over others. Um, so those are a few things that I would change to have an ideal university campus experience. I'm gonna ask you this next question because I do not know. And I want you to please shed light on what experiences have looked like when it comes to safety on campus and sexual violence. Is there like, are there predators in the nighttime attacking women and girls? On campus, what could you shed more light on, on the current situation at the University of Alberta? Yeah, so sexual violence has, you know, been an issue on multiple, multiple university campuses and uh, our campus included. Um, this year, you know, as I said previously, we have really advocated for more sexual violence awareness and advocacy. And, you know, that looks like different things. So that looks like updating our sexual violence policy to ensure that students are protected. That looks like, you know, ensuring that residence assistance and students have um, the proper training to react to disclosures. Um, so, you know, this year we hired a sexual violence prevention coordinator, um, which has been in many, many, it, it's been um, uh, many years in the making, but, you know, we're, we're happy and, you know, there's still more work to be done. So um, I'm hoping that in the next few years, sexual violence is still made a priority within the university community um, to ensure that students feel safe. Um, apart from sexual violence, there's obviously transit safety, um, you know, especially with um, students really not being on campus this year. So a lot more students are feeling unsafe riding transit. Um, so I'm hoping that that's, uh, that's a priority as well. I'm just really curious. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. I'm just really curious concerning the university hike. I was following um, the Minister of Advanced Education, Demetrius Nicolaitis, yesterday at 12 o'clock. I was doing a call-in um, for CBC, and this was my first learning of this tuition. I have, as your council, made representation to the provincial government about um, the increases because I'm reading here is jumped from 16% to 104% this fall. Have, have you made um, have you made representation to provincial government or even to the university about this hike? Yeah, like all year we have been advocating against those tuition increases. Um, we have a VP external who works directly with the government and as long, along with our president this year as well. They, you know, they've been working together to advocate to the government and to advocate to the university against those tuition hikes. But nothing has been done. Well, I mean, we've had a few, a few um, wins, as we call it this year. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely um, a, ch a challenge. But, you know, we are still, we're still advocating, we're still trying to do as much as we can. What, tell, what, what's pro progress that you see? Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. You got some wins, what wins? 
I mean, yeah, so I, well, you know, the nature of my role as VP operations and finance, I'm not really in the center lines of all of that advocacy. Um, so I can't really, you know, give all the details there. Um, but I know we've, we delayed some of the exceptional tuition increases. Um, but most importantly, you know, we've had a few protests during the year. Um, and most importantly, we, we just tried to highlight um, and humanize, um, you know, the voices of students to really show the government that like um this does have an impact and it's not just a number it's you know an entire experience and it's a student experience at the end of the day okay so these ICE are coming into effect at the start of the fall 2022 semester what do you think would happen to students are they gonna fall what do you think will happen i don't know I mean, a lot of students are frustrated, like including myself, right? Like I'm a student, I still have to pay tuition. And so I know a lot of students are maybe, you know, have to get extra jobs or, you know, reevaluate their living situation. So it's, I can't, you know, I can't speak to other experiences, but I know personally for me, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and it's unfortunate that we are forced to pay um, for the quality of education that we're currently having, um, you know, even with our online state, um, it's it's really unfortunate. So, um, yeah, that's 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 what I can say to that. What do you see for your future, Emily? In spite of you're gonna you're gonna finish next year, regardless of this height, you've come too far to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I very much take it one day at a time. Um, right. Obviously, I I hope right. you know to be successful in in whatever I choose to do. Um, but as I said, I'm just, my focus now is graduating and then we'll see what comes next. Emily, I want to wish you all the best, um, in your future endeavors. I, I know you'll be fine. You sound like you'll be fine and you got it, Clued. You've got everything going together. Actually, I lied. There's one question I missed. At the start of this, you said a big part of my identity is my hair. Yeah. And that, that, well, that just touched me right there because... Um, I, 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 um, I, I am raising a little girl and, um, she's into uh, her hair, but I didn't grow up with my identity being my hair. My identity was who I was, who I am. Um, I grew up with my dad. So everything about him was identity. So I grew up knowing who I was. So it didn't matter if my hair was cut or my hair was on, but this is North America where a lot of our children are growing up without a firm identity. They're ridiculed in schools. You know, they're ridiculed by their mates on the food they eat, their accent and so on and so forth. I want you to just, you know, real quickly touch on where students at the University of Alberta can go find their own identity in a mainstream environment. And is it true? Is it true that black culture is still being ridiculed at your university? You know, well, I cannot, I can only speak from my experience. Um, uh -huh. And, um, you know, I say that uh, my hair is a big part of my identity because it has always been. I literally remember, um, you know, getting my hair relaxed when I was little and then, you know, getting braids and then all throughout junior high and high school, I just, I refused to get braids. 
Um, because Why? I, I, I don't know. I just did not like the connotation, you know, that it brought. Like a lot of people would just ask me all these questions. Oh, can you wash your hair with braids? And how long does it take? Okay. And, you know, all of okay. these things. And so I, I just decided, okay, wow. I'm just done with braids. And then in university, okay. that's when I started wearing my hair natural. So I started my natural wow. hair journey. And so, um, wow. Yeah, like a big part of, you know, my black identity is my hair. Um, and so I am still, you know, working through that and embracing all parts of it and embracing the kinks and the coils of my hair and, you know, um, the braids and all the different styles that you can do, um, because I think it's a way to celebrate um, our, our black identity, especially as black women and, and celebrate our black excellence as well. Your parents must be very proud of you, Emily. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they are. I want you to, um, I had no option but to go to university, but I'm hearing um, that the generation coming right behind you, they have options. It could be apprenticeship and there's nothing wrong with that. I want you to speak to middle-class, low-income, middle-class 12-year-old girls who are coming and I want you to speak why they should go to university why they should choose university of alberta and i'm still hoping regardless of the tuition hike your counsel will be you must make it to university <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you. i would i would encourage all of you to go to university because it opens doors and it opens opportunities um and you know i know my my parents always tell me the reason why they decided to move to Canada um, to, and to raise their children here is because they knew the opportunities that we would get, you know, the opportunities that they didn't have growing up. Um, and I try to remind myself of that every day um, when I'm in class, you know, when these opportunities rise up. So university is challenging, I'm not going to lie, um, but it's in those challenges that you grow as an individual, that you find more of yourself, you embrace your identity, um, and you become, you know, you become the person that you're meant to be. So I encourage you all um, to to really, you know, think about post-secondary education and, and any way that you can further your education. You are the first Black Vice President Operations and Finance at the Student Union University of Alberta. You make me so very proud. You're an amazing scholar and a very wise student. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Emily.